0: Welcome to um, How Not To Be An Asshole. <laughs> <laughs> a bit of controversial thing to say. So you got a secret you want to let out the back? Just should I you normally skip over when I listen to a podcast. You, you're you ungrateful bastard. You're definitely the first politician I've talked to in a positive way. You're on the table. <laughs> oh, fuck. Yeah, you're yeah, no, not sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Is that your
1: enthusiastic
2: face? That should go straight on the wire. <laughs> Alright, welcome to this week's episode of How Not To Be An Arsehole. Podcast. It is a
0: podcast, Todd. That's yeah, brilliant. Good start. Um nothing gets past you. Yeah, no. Exactly. I'm your host, Todd Williams. And I'm your other host, Dominic Howie. And would you call yourself a co-host? Hey, mate.
2: He's looking at Dan.
0: I was actually looking at the back of your head. Oh, you're looking at me.
2: <laughs> you're the fucking co-host. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get in your fucking lane. Um and the
0: leader of this whole thing. Uh Dan Warby, tricky nerd. Dan Morby. <laughs>
2: we have been referring to him as a real estate mogul, but that's not necessarily true. We have decided he's more of a tricky nerd. I'm so getting
0: all the job offers. Yeah,
2: no more job offers to Dan, please. Yeah, direct them towards me. Um, once again, we have to thank who are we thanking? Daily blog, wireless Leon Taylor for design. Cameron
0: Robertson for photos. Dom and Matt Short. I really the, hate this part the of the podcast. Theme song. Why
2: do you hate being grateful? I was actually
0: lying in bed just thinking about how much I was going to hate this. Bit. You know
2: you know when we do NRT and at the end we stand in a circle and say what we're grateful for the for the day? It's like
0: that. but Yeah, but at least it's different every time. This is the same shit. Sorry, man. you got to think a more creative way to say it.
2: All right, next week, our uh, next episode. Like I I'm going to have alliteration.
0: Um Thank you for Leon Taylor for lending his lovely
2: yeah that was good Fuck it you. was brilliant um <laughs> all right should we introduce our guests yep all right this week's guest we're very excited about um i'm just going to read his bio after wiki because they did quite a good job whoever wrote this um emory douglas worked as the minister of culture for the black panther party from 1967 until the party disbanded in the 80s his graphic art was featured in most issues of the newspaper, the Black Panther, which had a peak circulation of one hundred forty thousand per week in nineteen seventy. As the art director, designer, and main illustrator for the Black Panther newspaper, Douglas created images that became icons, representing Black American struggles during the sixties and
1: seventies. Welcome,
2: Emery. Uh, welcome. Glad to be here. How's that bio? Is it pretty accurate?
1: Uh, it's accurate, yes. Uh, <laughs> but at the actual peak of the uh, Panther newspaper yeah. it was four hundred thousand. Four hundred thousand wow. readership. Yeah. Wow! Yeah, that's crazy. It must have been exciting times. oh it was. It was a lot of uh, going on during that time. Yeah, during, during the era of the uh, intense the struggles for human rights uh, and uh, justice in America and the world. Matter of fact, yeah, yeah.
0: Because we had the uh, Polynesian Panthers here, right? And you guys were in touch with them. Oh uh, yes, we
1: the Polynesian Panthers here. Um, yes, we were in touch uh, indirectly. Uh, we had folks who. Uh, from here who would send material to us indirectly by couriers or folks who were coming to the United States and we would publish it in our newspapers uh, to show and you know document it what they were doing here
2: yeah, yeah. I think a, an interesting thing about your work is so like over here in New Zealand we probably don't know too much about the Panthers and and what we do know is a lot of it's from mainstream media, mm-hmm. and so obviously like really mis- misguided and kind of bullshit. And yeah, <laughs> very mm-hmm. bullshit, really. Um, but just so and I guess one from these parts of the world might assume that that as a Black Panther or that being your legacy, that your work might have finished in the eighties, but you're still you're still doing outreach and sharing and community work, like, to this day. Yes, that's right. You're not a young man anymore, although you kind of look at it.
1: <laughs> well, no, I'm I'm an elder, Stacey. <laughs> 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 but, yeah, like,
2: I think that's something we find quite incredible that mm-hmm. and really inspiring that you're still,
0: like, doing it.
1: Yeah, until I drop. Yeah. I will continue doing it until I drop. You yeah. can't do it no That's more. amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah.
0: And where, do, where does that motivation come from?
1: Oh, well, it comes from uh, the, the uh, organization and the what it was part of, and the you know working and knowing that what you were doing had an impact. Yeah. By the response and reaction to it and those things, so you want to continue to share and and with the particularly those who are uninformed. Yeah. To try to give them some insight into what uh, the issues are. Through art, because art yeah. is a language and a way to communicate with folks.
2: Yeah, yeah. I think mm-hmm. you know, we got to witness firsthand mm-hmm. the impact your history and what you've seen and been a part of can have on on young people in the program we did with Naranga Tai Tor. And mm-hmm. it's really incredible. Like, we weren't, we had no idea how those kids were going to respond to you. And, what you had
0: to share with them, but mm-hmm. it was overwhelming. Eh? Like I, I've never seen them mm. respond in their way. Mm. You know, because um, usually, the first week is just trying to get through to them and just trying to. Because you know, like even though we work with them before, they go yes. back to the, where they're from and it's all crazy, and we have to sort of not get their trust back, but just. Yeah, Mm. get back to that level where we're on the same level. But they were just right there. Mm. Yeah, as
2: soon as you stepped in. I think when they found out that you'd met Tupac. (laughs) 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 Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But that's been the case. Yeah.
1: Even the first time I came here when I forty-five days, uh, traveled north and south island. Yeah, you had young people at uh, some cultural centers and mariahs First thing that would happen: Did you know Tupac? It's <laughs> <laughs> so good. Yeah, man, it's crazy how yeah kids
2: here are still so engaged with Tupac's music. Like mm-hmm. he's been mm. dead a long time, and yeah, that's worldwide
1: too. Yeah, yeah. it's
2: crazy. Eh? Mm-hmm. that's you don't. I guess at the time, I didn't realize like how powerful and iconic he was and
1: yes and he has a lot of stuff that never was published that was very much more profound than what has been published yeah yet. yeah
0: yeah do you think that's to do with his politics the people oh yeah i'm
1: quite sure it has a lot yeah. to do with his politics uh, absolutely and his and his uh, nature, a rebellious nature. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. you know, against injustice and in the way young people may see it. Yeah, and want to and act it out and express it. Yeah,
2: you yeah, well, I guess that's that's probably what um, resonates heaps with kids, is they are like they like he's from the same environment as me, and he's powerful mm-hmm. because he's resistant. Like, there's a real power in that. age eh? because yes. what a, what a lot of people do, like he was a rich man. Mm-hmm. And but he still carried where he came from. He didn't like yes. you know leave that behind for yes. for an mm-hmm. easy life and mm-hmm. A, mm-hmm. which is pretty
0: amazing. Was there ever a point like um sort of at the I guess near the end of the Black Panthers where you were disheartened, like did you ever stop um I, that's what teaching teaching art and reaching out to people?
1: That was there ever a point and Yeah, the, uh well, not really. Uh at the in, uh, in 2000, uh, I I'm mean, excuse me, uh, 1980, 82, 82, around 82, 83, uh, uh, there was an, a progressive uh, African-American who owned a newspaper named uh, Dr. Carlton Goodlett. And he knew of my work, and we used to share uh, uh, ideals and philosophies, but also we used to send people over to work for him when he had limitations from our production department. Mm. And so, he, once he knew that the party had discontinued, um, he, they found out, so I went to work with him from around that time, 1980 and 82, 83, up until 2004. And mm. so, it was a different type of uh, work uh, I was doing. I was doing mainly production work, but also including uh, artwork in, in, from time to time when they requested it. Yeah. Uh, dealing with issues like HIV/AIDS and uh, gangs, gang and health, all those issues, yeah. were, and, and particularly personalities, historical personalities coming up with the holidays and stuff. Yeah. Dr. King and Malcolm X and things like that. So
2: still community spreaded yeah, yeah. work. Yeah,
1: and then I was also uh, dealing with uh, practicing my my uh, my techniques and stuff, and doing some uh, work during that time, which I do show. Several pieces when I do do uh, presentations from that period. Yeah.
0: Mm -hmm. Was it hard to transition from being in a revolutionary party to suddenly working in a kind of regular job?
1: Yeah. Well, (laughs) you were still working with people who were progressive-minded. Yeah. So therefore, it made it much easier because I did have a job for six months, and I said I'll never do it again.
2: What was the the, the job?
1: (laughs) I worked at a six-screen company and. I, I learned a lot, uh, technique wise and stuff. A major, they were doing the the uh, display signs for major yeah. uh, supermarkets, and they had the Western United States and Hawaii, yeah. and so I was working there for six months. But uh, I never do. I told you, I, I couldn't do that. No there's more.
2: nothing more soul destroying <laughs> yeah. than fucking working for a capitalist like <laughs> <Yeah>. oh, <man. laughs> unethical company, <laughs> yeah. eh? and just being at their beck and call. Like, yeah, yeah, it's the worst. Shit. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I remember, um, you know, my dad saying that sort of like when working doesn't, doesn't work for you, you know, when it doesn't agree with you, it's quite often because you haven't been conditioned in the education system properly, like mm-hmm. maybe because you had a learning disability or you didn't turn up to school or whatever. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so by the time you get to the workplace, you haven't been conditioned to sort of mm-hmm. fit in. Would you agree with that?
1: Like- no, yeah, I would agree with that as being one aspect of it for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, absolutely. Because of, uh, you know, people learn different ways you know yeah and the, in the workplace this they, they got a structured framework mindset how you supposed to come in and how you supposed to do things yeah. you know and it's only those lo- lo- er- areas and workplaces where have are flexible do you see a more successful thing with young people who come in from different backgrounds yeah. cultural identifications and uh, how they in- inter- interact with the company itself yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's crazy because you see, yeah,
2: mm-hmm. just the the typical business model is just so Yeah stifling yeah. for mm-hmm. everyone except for the guy at the top. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> yeah. And but then you see ethical businesses operating and everyone's doing well, including the guy at the mm-hmm. top. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's so strange that yeah more people don't adopt an ethical business model. Um, back to being a young person. I think it says somewhere on your wiki that you were locked up as a teenager.
1: Uh, Yeah, well, I was in and out of the uh, juvenile detention centers as a youngster. But I always say uh, I was locked up for being involved in illegitimate activity that wasn't sanctioned by the state. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah no doubt. But at the same time, uh, as a as an older person, when I got to, uh, I was got involved actually in the Black Panther Party, I wasn't locked up for anything but political activity. Yeah, as my adult age. Yeah. yeah.
2: Do you mm-hmm. think that that experience as a young person um, with the legal system did that? Uh, play a part in you ending up in the Black Panther Party and well not well
1: and 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 maybe a or indirect way yeah um uh, my mom was legally blind they had these concession stands where they had for the run by the state that where those people who were handicapped and blind could work in these concession stands in pu- state and public institution city mm. government institutions and so she like like at the juvenile hall. Uh, there was a lady who ran the concession there. Who she was blind for p- probation officers and families coming in to visit uh, those who were incarcerated. Yeah. So she applied for that job when we first came to California, uh, about in the early nineteen fifties, and she got. A job there, working for her, and then she took it over for thirty years. Yeah. But so when I was incarcerated in the back, <laughs> she was working
0: downstairs. Oh, <laughs> oh your
1: poor mother! <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Did you? I mm-hmm. found
2: because I was I was also locked up as a young person, and um, mm-hmm. and I wasn't like enlightened about that experience until much later in my life. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I remember how that felt like mm-hmm. feeling. It was kind of, it was somewhat vindicating. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, because I'd been, mm-hmm. I think, had to a degree Stockholm Syndrome, and I was like, oh, police mm-hmm. are all right, mm-hmm. even though they're always harassing me, locking yeah, me up, being assholes yeah. to me. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. then I had a friend one day explain it all to me, and I was like, oh, fuck, like, mm-hmm. maybe I wasn't, like, bad mm-hmm. per yeah. se. And yeah. did you have a point like that when, perhaps when you met with the Panthers and the the...
1: Lessons they had, you know that. Um, oh yeah, we are. yeah, yeah. Well, well, you know, the lessons uh, in the Panthers was one of uh, looking seeing the Panthers. It was a whole different level, you know. You said, "Here you are gangbanging," and you know when the police come, you running. But here they are standing up to the police. Yeah. You know I me mean, ready to to, <laughs> to make the ultimate sacrifice at at, at any given time when yeah. they're on those. Patrols and stuff, you know. Yeah. So you know, it was a totally different uh, level of, brought to a totally different level of awareness. Yeah. Yeah. A social awareness. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
2: So I guess like anyone that was in the Panthers was pretty much if you sign up for the Panthers, you were. Pretty much readying yourself to die for a cause, right? Yeah, like, cause, yeah.
1: It didn't make a difference, and and contrary to what everybody believed, everybody did guns, you know, yeah. throughout the Panthers. But even the fact being in the Black Panther Party uh, at any time, uh, if they had, t- had had set up one of them government raids, and you'd been there, you could have been a, a victim, you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Was mm-hmm.
0: there a point where you were just like, I don't know if this is worth it? We you wanted to step oh, away? Oh yeah, oh yeah. And was it worth it? Oh, no, I mean, was there a point where you felt maybe it wasn't? Like, no, no, I never that. With the raids that'd... going on and
1: people getting murdered and... No, but it was understandable that some people did. Yeah. And people realized that certain people could only go so far. Yeah. You know, and that was always the the reality of it. Yeah. You had some people who just couldn't after the, the police had shot at them or something happened. They just couldn't take it anymore. They had you know, you know, it wasn't because they didn't believe and weren't committed to social change, it just wasn't that they weren't ready to get in that mix anymore. Well that would be difficult commitment to make
2: if you had a wife, children um, I imagine. I don't well, yeah, but you still have, things.
1: yeah, it's, and, and it's personal because yeah. and, uh, because you had those who did have wives, children, and stuff mm. who did stay. you see? Yeah. so. So it's just a personal choice in relationship to yourself. Yeah, you know that that was to the level, of the point that they could go. Yeah. Now, I could have at some point could have been a point to the level where I couldn't have go, but it just yeah. happened didn't get to that that point. You yeah. know? but everybody got a breaking point at some point. Yeah, you no know, doubt. yeah. I
2: think the the thing we find incredible. Is, is people prepared to make that sacrifice when, but I guess without understanding the struggle
0: and where people were at to be prepared to make that commitment, you know, that's...
1: That's a process too. Yeah. Do you think it was
0: also because you got, there was so many gains being made, not just with the Black Panthers, but, you know, across the world in the sort of late 60s, um, you know, politically, and it sort of seemed almost like things were going to change that maybe you'd be more willing to make that sacrifice then? Well, it was
1: also the commitment. You have to understand that a lot of, we were young people. We yeah. were, you know, you, the Panthers was the age of 15, 16 and a half, 17, 18, 19 years of age. I was 21 going on 22 or 23, 22 going on 23. Yeah. Huey Newton was 23, Uh, Bobby Seale and. Elbert Bickman Howard and a few more were 28 to 30 years old, and they were the old folks of the Black Panther Party. Yeah. So this was a youth movement. Yeah. And because in the country, you had to put it in a context across the country, there were over two or 300 rebellions and riots during that time. Same thing that you have today with Ferguson and young folks being murdered and just all across the country by the police, just like this March, uh, you had over 100 uh, people killed by the police in the United States alone just in March of this year. And so uh, and and so, you had that kind of uh, <clears throat> uh, 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 a thing going on across the country during that period that people were highly frustrated about. Yeah. And people, just not myself, but other young people, were trying to figure out what they wanted to do. Yeah. They, they respected Dr. King. They respected the Civil Rights Movement. But some wanted to go beyond just turning the other cheek in that context. Yeah, and so when the uh, Black Panther Party came on the scene, he had many young people who wanted to be a part of that. And yeah. so it was out of that, but it's also the. Uh, The commitment comes from, as we evolved, had political education classes, confirming our convictions, uh, understanding our link to other struggles uh, around the world, the Cuban struggles, the Cuban resistance, being inspired by that, inspired with what's going on in in South Africa and Southern Africa, the uh, the many liberation movements at that time. Also, uh, being in solidarity with what was going on in Vietnam. All those things, the anti-war movement. Yeah. So, it, but but particularly being able to communicate it in a in a language that we could understand. Yeah. Not in a foreign language, and understanding that our resistance struggle was going to come with from within, not outside of the uh, the context of uh, where we lived at, or the uh, the boundaries of the United States where we lived at.
0: Was there a point mm-hmm. at the height of the Panthers where it felt like there was going to be? Change like it was gonna be. Oh yeah, a yeah, change
1: of society. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. We well not necessarily. We knew that we were pushing for change. Yeah, but definitely. We see we, we we were beginning to push, and we had we knew that we'll change. But you have to understand also that you fighting for change There's also those external forces that are trying to resist the change, fighting against the change because you're talking about a whole other a whole another dynamics yeah. in relationship to what society is how corrupt society is. To transforming that, yeah. and, the, and and in the process of doing that, you talk about collective responsibility, collectively doing things, yeah. as opposed to the individual, the exploitation aspects of doing things, and you're putting in place programs to point out the contradiction to that, that are serving the interests of the community, and the community began to demand these types of programs from the government. Yeah. Therefore, the government resisting that if you know ele- uh, you know the elements within the government resisting that therefore you become public enemy number 1 plus yeah. you're standing up and defending yourself and fighting against the government what's interesting therefore. how like cuz one
0: of the ways that capitalism works is it pretends it's not really a system. It's just, this is how it is, and this, it's just logical. It's this way. Mm-hmm. But when people really push against it, that's mm-hmm. when it shows itself as being a system that's, like, going to fight back, you know? Yeah. Well, the, yeah. the U.S. government, like, mm-hmm. and FBI, like,
2: pretty much declared war on the Black Panther Party. Oh, right? yeah. Like, assassinating people. Yeah, and yeah. You got, yeah.
0: I, knew, I knew a bit about you guys, but then when um, you were coming over, me and Todd did... A bunch of research, mm. and I just didn't realize how extreme with um, COINTELPRO. For the mm-hmm. listeners that don't know, that was like a program that was it the FBI,
1: yes, yeah, called Counterintelligence Program. Yeah.
0: That's the acronyms
1: for COINTELPRO, yeah, yeah. And they were just mm-hmm. murdering people, and yeah. and they weren't yeah. really hiding it, you know, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because you got an FBI named me Swearinger, who, uh, like a whistleblower, 1960 1999, wrote his book. And even testified on behalf of Black Panther, Geronimo Jijaga Panther, locked up for 27 years for yeah. a murder that took place in L.A., which he said he knew Geronimo didn't do it. But but the fact that they were setting him up because he was a Panther, and he was involved in this unit within the FBI called Racial Matters that you had to hate blacks to be a part of it, and yeah. they were ones who were setting up all the dirty tricks and the murders and stuff that was taking place within, yeah. within the uh, 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 and and. Uh, Trying to blame it on the Black Panthers during that period, yeah.
0: Were you aware that it was such a like, um, you know, like organized
1: program against you guys at the time? Well, we knew it was something, but we didn't know what it was called. Yeah. Eventually, then we found out what it was because the first in nineteen sixty seven had this whole report came out. uh, Church, uh. Committee on Un-American Activities, and it's named the Church uh, co- com- Committee because of the guy who was the representative who, who uh, Congress named named Church. I forgot his mm. first name. So, uh, uh, so you guys, had,
2: you guys feeding people and giving free health care, was that classed as Un-American? Yeah, a- yeah, it activities? was public enemy number one.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, we were Clint, that, yeah, that, by the FBI. That was yeah. that, at one point. Yes. Yeah, I
2: was. It, what was the FBI guy at the time? Because he. J Edgar Hoover. Yeah, it's Record him saying that the Black Panther Party are the greatest the threat to
1: internal security, yeah. Yeah, he said the breakfast scroll at one time was the greatest threat to the internal security, yeah. Because
0: we were reading that, there, there's that letter that someone sent, and it was mm-hmm. like saying, Someone in the FBI was like, Look, in Chicago, basically what they're doing is just feeding and educating people, and he's like, I don't care, you know. Yeah, then that letter, didn't he, like, oh, Remember that? we were reading about mm-hmm. that, and he's yeah. like, Hit it or something,
1: mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, yeah, he, he was he was uh, he was a bigot too, man. He was racist because you had FBI agents who weren't. Of color who were of color in the FBI who couldn't get promoted mm-hmm. and they had to have file a class action suit to even get promoted and they asked him one time uh, because he had a black butler and they asked him well why don't you have any uh, black FBI agents and then the next time he came back he deputized his butler <laughs> and said, now you have, now we have a black FBI agent. Oh,
2: my goodness. Yeah, yeah. So Man. He, yeah. And that's a real power thing, yeah. too, because this guy's yeah. his butler. And oh, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Like, a guy that's formerly been his butler isn't going to be able to do anything yeah. within the. Yeah. yeah,
1: It's just
0: crazy how recent that is. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah,
0: yeah. 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 Oh, yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah, he had power. He, he was the one that had all the uh, information on all the politicians, and so he was, uh, he was, he blacklisted anybody, you know, all... Yeah, he controlled. He had a lot of power at one point. Yeah. yeah.
0: Was he the anti-communist? Yeah. Guy as well? yeah oh, yeah. He had all uh, the lawyer. hearings
1: and. Yeah, yeah. He was part of that. Yeah. 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 What was that called? Uh, uh, the Church the Committee on Un-American Activities. Yeah yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Our lawyer Charles Gary, who was well known, famous Armenian lawyer, a lawyer, who was our lawyer. He was had to go in front of that committee in 1951, I believe. Yeah. During that time, yeah. Dom and I have been
2: very acting very un-American of late. <laughs> just, just for the listeners, just want them to know. Um, I wanted to ask about going back to Ferguson and stuff that's been happening in the states recently, but also forever. Um, do you see that hitting a tipping point soon? Because people seem real fed up again. It seems like there's a recent like kind of uprising of people who are really really pissed off. Mm-hmm. And Ooh, yeah, like at what point does uh, like violence against African Americans in, in the states by the police and whatnot. When when does that tip over into?
1: Well, it's just like Ferguson. Ferguson was just a spark that lit the Prairie fire mm. because you had Oscar Grant before that. You had Trayvon Martin. You mm. had young people being killed. So that was just a yeah. spark, you know, that lit the Prairie fire. Yeah. And so it was an ongoing build up, and so to that point. And so now what you have is you have people who have shot at the police. Yeah, there's a couple of cops Ferguson.
2: assassinated in New York, eh? Uh, yeah.
1: Uh, yeah, but then, then you also had in Ferguson itself, after, uh, and then you also in L.A., random stuff like that. So that shows you the level of frustrations that people have yeah. in regards to the police themselves yeah. in that context. But at the same time, there's an ongoing movement you know, and with the ongoing murders and being always to continue to being justified, yeah. of course, it's going to lead to uh, more uh, uh, serious yeah. things happening with the young people in the United States, particularly when there's no yeah. job, no no hope in, in for a great segment of young people. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. it's That's a hard Friday because
2: people's blind faith and the powers that be in the police mm-hmm. force like people really believe that the police are there to protect them like uh, average yeah. normal people especially mm-hmm. like
0: small business owners and people mm-hmm. like
2: that yeah. you know what i mean yeah,
1: they and, of, yeah. oh yeah yeah and, and so, well they are there
2: for that in that context <laughs> so, yeah <laughs> so like when the when the beaten and abused rise up and fight back mm-hmm. It's so easy for the media to demonize those people, and
1: well, that's their job because yeah, yeah and yeah,
2: yeah, and then the general public jumps on board mm-hmm. and like ah, oh, you mm-hmm. know that out of control, yeah. and it's like
1: nah, no, they're mm-hmm. fighting mm-hmm. back because yeah, of, of like yeah. years and years yeah. of, but you got more and more and more people who are realizing uh, what's going on because in other ways because you got this. They, you know, the cost of them staying in business and small businesses, realizing that they're being ripped off, They uh, taxes are higher, yeah. uh, what's going on, the quality of life is not getting better, all those. And you got more people from the middle class who are struggling every day to mm-hmm. make things meet. You know, you got... 50% of the population in the United States living from day to day, and that's the middle class, you know? Yeah. So, you never know what's yeah. going
0: to politicize people. Like it can just be one thing, and yeah. then suddenly someone's political who never has been before, and I think that's sort of mm-hmm. slowly happening.
1: Yeah. yeah. Well. And plus, also, looking at the police department, it's the culture of the police department. Yeah. You may have people <clears> in there who want to do the right thing, because you got people going to always go into somewhere where they're going to try to get a job, yeah. They say, well, I'm going here, and uh, I'm on a job, I'm going to do the right thing, you know, and yeah. then they get in there, and, and then they it has a whole transformation yeah. into this demon. Nah, yeah. It's the kind of thing
2: they get into. Well, It's, it's like yeah. a guy saying yeah. he wants to join the military and go mm. fucking yeah. serve his country in yeah. Iraq or whatever. Then they go and in and to, see
1: what that sh- how insane that is. Yeah. Like, they
2: go crazy. Yeah. I watched a doco recently yeah. on, on that, and it was about this platoon, and I'm pretty sure they were in Iraq but they got this crazy sergeant. Was like, that the mm-hmm. kill team one? Yeah, have you yeah, seen that? Yeah, crazy. And mm-hmm. they were just like, mm-hmm. they they got the sergeant who taught his whole platoon, I don't know if that's what yeah. they call it now, but how to set a civilian up to mm-hmm. make it look like he yeah. had drawn on them and yeah. then just murder them so they yeah. could get kills because they're mm-hmm. like, we're in the army, we're supposed to get kills. And that's mm-hmm. the culture mm-hmm. of the military. Yeah. And like, they killed, they murdered a 15-year-old boy. And yeah. Oh, yeah, that's
1: not a mean lie.
2: Yeah, and one yeah. of them says, like, because it interviews those guys, and one of them's like, he's like, this happens all the time. We just got caught. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah. yeah, I bet it does because there'd be so much protection over that. Like, there's, there's no way the US military would want people knowing about that. Oh, shit. Imagine yeah. how many times it's been covered up.
0: Yeah, well, especially you give a bunch of young, uneducated people guns and put them in a fucking terrifying situation. It's mm-hmm. like, how they're going to act, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Yeah. And apparently, they're like just feeding them drugs, like speed mm-hmm. and oxys and shit. It's mm-hmm. a little high, and mm-hmm. you know, yeah. it's just a recipe for disaster.
1: That may be your next. Uh, interview has some ex-Vietnam vets come on and tell talk was, the story. I mean, New was Zealand big, didn't yeah. really send, we didn't have constrict,
0: constrict, yeah. mm. conscription. Mm. Yeah. they mm. I mean. didn't have that so they didn't have yeah. really send many people here, volunteers just volunteers. Yes.
2: Yes. Yeah. That, but like going back to what you're saying about the police, that's the argument I always have with people because people's counter argument
0: mm. to
2: what's wrong with the police force and the whole culture being fucked. Mm. They're always like, no, nah, but there's good cops. And I was like, Maybe well-intentioned people joining the police force, mm-hmm. but there isn't shit they can do to yeah. change the culture. And, and, and,
1: and that's why you, regardless if they're good or not, you still got to be, you got to attack it, yeah. you got to criticize it well, for what it is. Yeah. And, but in those people, when they're good, if they're good, then they going to start trying to get, have to get in position and to take control
2: yeah. and speak out, you know? Yeah, well, would you say, yeah. like, if you're a police officer in the United States, you're complicit in the murder of Innocent people. Yeah, if yeah. you're just like yeah. if you join the police force, you're a part of yeah, that. Yeah. That and, and, beast. and what
1: they're going, what they say? Well, this is just my job. I'm doing my job. You know, yeah. that's, that's the, you know, that's the that's what they're going to say. That's well, always the excuse, yeah. to yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm just here doing my job. You know. Yeah. 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 It's really. Do you think those I things... mean, you got you you. It's it's a film called the uh, Vanguard of the Revolution. You can highlight, you can see highlights of it on New Mission down on the Black Panthers. It's, uh, it's PB, it was done by P, Stanley Nelson, who did the film, the documentary on the uh, Civil Rights Movement, the most recent one. Mm. Uh, it was on PBS. And he just finished this one on the Panthers. And he's got footage in there uh, from some the black police officers in Chicago who, who protected some of the Panthers who were being, out to being killed ah. during the time when Fred Hampton was murdered, yeah. you see, who were always outspoken about the racism and the bigotry that was going on. They even said at the end that it was cold murder, murder what they did. And they talk about it in the film itself. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, so you do have those elements within yeah. the police. But they always, uh, sometimes they marginalize them. I talk, that, put them. Yeah, put them on the back desk or, or anything they can do. But yeah. see, back in the day, you've had black police officers associations that were independent of the police. Uh, Police associations because of the bigotry and racism. Yeah. Then, you see, and so they were very outspoken about issues that went on in, and you know, black and browns were were being were were actually confronting those things. And not all of them, but there was these associations with members who were, yeah. you see, back in the day. But now I don't even think they allow them to have them, or if they do have them, they they've been watered down, yeah. or moder- uh, phased out. But there was. Panthers not Panthers but they were young activists during the 60s out of San Francisco State College when we had all these rebellions and resistance going on during that time who went into policing and and what happened is in in, in San Francisco and hippie went on on he went out on the uh, on the street beat and while he was out there, he seen these police how they were beat down blacks in the in, on the street, and he was complaining and talking about it and, and the whole bit. They took him off the street and put him, disappeared in. Yeah. Just,
2: yeah. Well, that, the machine yeah. that <clears throat> is, the police force is well designed to protect itself. Yeah, yeah.
1: Eh? Like, yeah. It's, Oh, yeah, the unions, man. Look look what they did to the mayor in New York. They turned their, fa- their back on.
2: Them. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. And it's, in yeah. Australia, a similar thing that that reminds me of... Um, mm-hmm. Because there's just a long history of indigenous people dying in custody and no mm. prosecutions. I think it yeah. was like 300 or something since yeah. the 70s, something like that, and mm. yeah. no prosecutions. Yeah. That's, right.
1: That's right. And then... That's coming to
2: a boil now, too. Yeah, yeah. Mm. And one ended up... So it was, it was a death in custody officer. There's video footage. Mm. The officer was not charged mm-hmm. then there was an inquiry and mm-hmm. the independent inquiry said he needs to face charges mm-hmm. the police force nationwide yeah. marched yeah and took a strike like yeah yeah but, but not even he wasn't yeah. found guilty just mm-hmm. because he had to be accountable mm-hmm. for killing this yeah. guy for yeah. murdering this fascist that's when yeah. that's when
1: the fascism come out and, and you see the whole fascist nature of the, of the police and the militarization of it yeah. is when you have those kind of incidents, you know, how they respond and react, that's, you know, even when they want uh, a, a raise. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They'll take... They'll get the whole machinery out there talking about, you know, we're going to go off, we're going to prime, going to rise up, there's going to be more killings and all kinds of insane (laughs) stuff. It's
2: crazy, though, because it's it's a racist, it's some racist shit. Because if that was an indigenous man, if it was a white man, same Mm -hmm. situation, the whole police force would have marched about
1: it.
0: They would have been like, oh, yeah, yeah. Speaking of Australia, like you've just been there for the Marxist conference, mm-hmm. do you do you still consider yourself Marxist?
1: Well, I'm I'm an I'm anti-imperialist. I never was a Marxist per yeah. se, nor was the Black Panther Party it was guided by Marxist say principles and also about uh, the socialist principles. Yeah, and uh, but you had many people in the Black Panther Party come from different aspects of, uh, of different belief systems. You know, and just that the. People, people in the party who were Marxists and uh, or, or socialists who had these, uh, who were scholars in that, in many cases, were the ones who taught the political education classes, mm-hmm. uh, who could break it down and communicate in a language that was contemporary in the way the young people could understand it in the organization, yeah. you see. And so, but uh, as far as um, being a Marxist or am- anti-imperialist and a humanist, yeah. You know, yeah. Because if any ism is not working in, in passing the people, then what? Re, how relevant is it? You know? Yeah. I think Dom's up said he really wanted you to be a Marxist. <laughs> 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 I don't mind. Is <laughs> <laughs> all right
2: he's yeah. just a rubber his shoulder a bit?
0: Have you had much of a chance to sort of see what's going on politically in New Zealand while you've been here?
1: Oh yeah, I, well, this is my this is uh, uh, my third time. Yeah. Yeah. Matter of fact, just make my fourth time. this this is one day back before oh, yeah, I yeah. That's yeah. A yeah short fourth yeah, trip. Yeah. yeah, well the first time I've traveled to north and the South Island because uh, I had came for forty five day art and residency, but because there was such interest in the history of the party that uh, they had uh, scratched the art, art and residency and I just traveled to north and the South Island talking about that history uh, yeah, for, for for the time I was here. And uh, I've been up to Tuhoi, Otaheite, Otaheite, I used Yeah, and R- R- Ranga. What's the coast on the west coast? Uh, Reagan. Reagan. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 How amazing is the du- Otaheite? Tuhoe, is- uh, Dunedin. Yeah. Uh, been to Christchurch. Yeah. All those but I remember when I was here for Christchurch. Uh, they asked me, well, do you want to go to Christchurch? And I thought he was talking about the church. And I said, <laughs> <laughs> said no, nah, I don't want to be to Christchurch.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's funny.
1: And I, I found out the last day it wasn't the church, oh. so he hooked it up, and I uh, went,
0: yeah. They, yeah, even the church from mm-hmm. Christchurch is gone now.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because I feel like with New Zealand, in a lot of ways, like, it was like a testing ground for that sort of neoliberal corporat- corporatism that sort of is like... Around the world now, it sort of seems like the model because mm-hmm. they brought that in here, what, like 86? 85, 86?
1: Well, they do whatever the United States do. In, in, in essence, I, I think in with the States, ways, though,
0: they, they took it slower because they sort of still had, like, in New Zealand, like, they had, like, they got rid of all the protectionist tariffs and all that kind of stuff. And it was, you know, and they brought that neoliberalism in quite early. Mm-hmm. Whereas with the States, they still had some protectionism over their industries. Mm-hmm. It was more slow. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not really a question. I don't know where I was going with that, actually. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Good, laughs> just good, a rambling. Good talk,
2: yeah. though. Are you going to do your segment today? No, I don't
0: think so.
2: Oh, Dom's got this great <laughs> segment, but um, he's not going to do it today. Mm. Todd's
0: obsessed with segments. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's uh, my okay.
2: thing. I'm the segment guy. <laughs> but we don't We never money, really you know. have anything, though. He just yeah, sort yeah. of says...
0: You should ring up Joel
2: Rickaby. and mm-hmm. see what he has oh, to Oh, I've say. actually
0: been speaking to him about that. He's keen. He's... he's Currently on transit back to oh, New Zealand.
2: Yeah, yeah we got this lunatic friend who's been living in Germany, and mm-hmm. I think we're gonna do a segment where we call him up and just get get the guest to ask him some advice or a question. And <laughs> <In laughs> this guy's—he's gonna be a dad soon, so he wanted to do dad tips. Oh, yeah, dad tips would be good. Yeah, not for me, man. I um, <laughs> I, I looked after some seventeen-year-olds over the weekend. I'm mm-hmm. definitely not cut out for yeah. being a dad. Mm-hmm. Fuck that.
0: I think it'd be different if you started from the beginning, though. Yeah, I you imagine so. You can't just so. jump yeah. into the 17-year-old. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. You need to, like, build up some investment in the child first. <laughs> 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 oh. Well, you see, you're looking forward to seeing your kids?
1: Uh, yeah. Well, they're grown. Like my grandkids, yeah. you know. Oh, yeah. grandkids. Yeah. Well. You know, you, when your kids are grown, you, you know they grown. They're yeah. They're want to take care of their own thing. you Except yeah. when they need something, then, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's like that,
2: eh? Yeah. The older I get, the less frequently I contact my family. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah,
2: But it's cool though. It's Mm -hmm. like it's fine. Everyone's all good. Yeah.
1: That's that's the important thing. Yeah. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Did you raise your children like politically? Like.
1: Oh yeah. Uh, uh, I used to. uh, My even though my daughter, my daughter's mother was in the Panthers, and then she decided to left. Then I hooked up with another young lady. I had my son. He's quite a handsome in the man. I'm not surprised. So. <laughs> <laughs> then I had, then I had my, had my, uh, my, my daughter, my son, and my daughter. Yeah. Yeah. And and uh, so they were both uh, panthers, cubs, and party. But also, when I used to even in the panthers and pro uh, pass after the panthers. Um, my daughter used to hang out with me go to rallies go to and i used to you know always when she was in diapers when i used to take care of her travel with me and had to go things oh yeah 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 so they are conscious they got their own way of understanding dealing with i never tried to say this is where you do it and cut you know but give them give trying to Talk with them and yeah. ask them about things well, and well, analyze th- things for themselves.
2: Your daughter's an artist too, and there's revolution in, in her art, right? Like, uh, yeah, it's a progressive conscious yeah. w- uh, stuff in her work. Yes, yeah, mm-hmm. that's such a cool thing to pass on to your yeah, child. Yeah, I think. Yeah,
1: she has she has a, um, uh, a three a spoken word out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. and uh, you can get it if you. If you Maybe I I can show you later on, called Maricia, Maricia, M-A-R-E-S. Yeah, no, you showed us. Oh, yeah, I did. Yeah, okay. but
2: for the listeners, though.
1: Yes, yeah, Mar- Maricia, okay. Gabrielle. Yeah, she's got some on iPod. Yeah. Uh, that's the music station. That's the one where yeah. people go listen to. Yeah. I think speaking of kids,
2: um, something that stood out to me, because like I was saying before, in this part of the world, us being quite ignorant of what the Black Panther Party was, a lot of the imagery you showed us was Black Panther Cubs. And mm-hmm. the imagery we've seen is guys holding guns. You mm-hmm. know, we didn't see the other aspects of it. Didn't see the children, um, the women, the the um, health clinics and the food programs and all that mm-hmm. sort of stuff, which seemed to be like a really huge part of what what it was. Like. Oh, yeah,
1: absolutely. Well, you know, point number seven was... Um, we wanted to meet it end opposed to Polish brutality and murder of black folks in the United States. Mm-hmm. So it was so intense there. so that's why it started around that particular point of the ten yeah. point uh, pl- uh, platform of the Black Panther Party. Yeah. But uh, we yeah we had uh, we had with those uh, so th- as we evolved uh, from the uh, from the patrols and stuff which were for from maybe sixty eight through sixty seven. Uh, late sixty-seven, only about a year, year and a half, the real patrols went on, and then we began to get into the uh, social programs. Yeah, you know, and then we had links with the some of the Huey Newton. A lot of people didn't know had an advisory committee of middle black class blacks who they knew, who they would debate with, cut it up with, but also was one of them who had suggested that we had the first break I mean, free breakfast program for school mm. children out of her minister's church in, in the hood in uh, in Oakland. And uh, his name was Father Earl Neal. He was African-American, and he went on to work with uh, Desmond Tutu in South Africa many years after in the 80s. And uh, so that was our first location for the first breakfast program we had, yeah. which expanded all across the country into uh, culture centers, um, people's houses. Yeah uh ch- all church denominations wherever we could have them you know they, where they, did a lot of the funding for the black panthers come from in the early days the funding came from uh, books that people had out at that time yeah uh, th- we were st- in demand for interviews and also demand for university and colleges to do speaking engagements uh, specific ones during that time like Huey and Bobby uh, Eldridge, and those so. It was during that period that uh, that's where a lot of the funding came from. We uh, had our newspapers that we sold quite a few of. We had people who, uh, who were insp- who liked what we were doing and we had uh, donations who were, uh, contributions were given to the party on a regular basis. Yeah. Uh, so people who like that that all that helped the, uh, the party uh, uh, maintain its uh, stability. But also uh, when we begin to give the uh, same thing when we begin to give the uh, free food, for the breakfast program away the the uh, different uh churches i mean the different uh vendors who's had different products like produce or meat and stuff that we used to give away at, at that time uh, fixed for the breakfasts or giveaway for the free food giveaways they were donated to the party because they had they liked it and wanted to contribute to those programs therefore they could write it off as a tax write-off you see at the end of the year so, and we had a list of uh, advisory folks prominent on this list with this letter that we would send to them or show to them when we went to request a donation. And they seen that it was a valid uh, thing. Once they knew it's the Panthers, we had no more problems with it. The Only problem we had is that when the government began to uh, try to discredit and destroy that, that they began to send uh, fake Panthers into the stores, dressed like Panthers, criminal elements, Threatening those who were giving uh, donations to the Panthers in the Panthers' name, psychologically impacting the, uh, those yeah. folks, yeah, because they thought it was real Panthers and all those things begin uh, to get yeah. So yeah. your
2: like your job as Minister of Culture, when you think about it in that context, is pretty fucking daunting. Like, a you got mass media trying to portray Black Panthers in a certain way, then you got the FBI, FBI doing. What's it called, Subter, subterfuge? Yeah, yeah, Like, yeah, yeah. S- s- sending yeah. out, like... Yeah, being like, tricky nerds. And yeah, that. and your <laughs> yeah. job is to counter all that as yeah. the Minister of well, Culture. Well,
1: when, when not necessarily just my job. This is a Panther job. It was different ministry. You had the Ministry of Information. Right. Which was the one who dealt with all the PR and the press and all yeah, those things. Yeah. It, it, the Ministry of Culture was connected to that. Yeah. You see, and we dealt with the production of newspaper, the all the printing, the photography, the typesetting, design, yeah. and elements, all those. And that came from different areas that needed those kinds of yeah. uh, uh, production work. And plus the external work that was done by community before community. Folks as well, the publication mm. and printing that we did for uh, the community as well, yeah. and so not only that, do promote getting the uh, uh, when you set up for different uh, pro- uh, programs and stuff like that, community program, broad. Program. Mm. We had to do the banners. Uh, we had to set up for those. We're also responsible, are mostly getting entertainment and stuff to uh, do fundraisers for us. All those things were part of the ministry of culture. Yeah, yeah. I think like your your early art kind
2: mm-hmm. of. Um, really speaks of what was happening at the time like bold mm-hmm. lines and mm-hmm. um like urgency like that's what i kind of take from it yeah. like this urgency mm-hmm. to your early mm-hmm. art and it looks like you were producing a lot of art yeah and you're doing like as much as you can with the little yeah. time yeah. you had yeah. And yeah
1: yeah that's what i married barack leroy jones who the late poet and playwright just i mentioned in the art book the yeah. Of mine, he said, "It, it looked like an a a art that was urgent, ready for a street fight." You know? yeah, 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 yeah. And so, yeah. in essence, that was, it was—you know—it was always urgent. Yeah. yeah, I think
2: the other thing. But, sorry.
1: No. Go ahead.
2: I think the other thing that um, speaks very loudly from your art is the compassion for the subjects mm-hmm.
1: and the understanding of mm-hmm. the subjects. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's very important. Yeah. yeah, and you learn that through observation, and participation, being active in it, and understanding it yeah. yeah on a basic human level yeah 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 it's real powerful
0: how have your beliefs changed from sort of those days you know in the in the 60s and 70s with the
1: Panthers to now would you say well i don't know if the beliefs has changed in relationship to uh you know dealing with uh, what the basic quality of life issues mm-hmm. it's still the same yeah. you know yeah because you know much of things change. Some things stay the same, you know, yeah. and so you still, we still have those very basic human rights, quality of life issues that we deal with. So it's just a matter of you, how you try to make adjustment in relationship to what you do as an as an artist to but make it relevant in the moment in this time, you know, maybe tweaking some of the work or trying to deal with those social issues that are much relevant today because you got a lot of more special interests. Things that people are involved in today than you did, than you had back in the '60s and '70s and '80s. You know.
0: Do you feel if the internet had been around in the, back in the Panthers' day, it would have been different? It would have been harder to. Su-
1: Could, well, it would have been. it would have been different because we would have been probably it reached more people more quickly. And
0: it would have been harder for them to distort your message. You know.
1: Yeah, but even then they they weren't able they were able to start it towards but we were always able to counter it for many for a long time. Yeah, it was only when uh, those the masses of people uh, when the mass media was the ones who began to demonize us and when the party began to implode on itself yeah. that they were able to exploit it yeah. to its masses. But there was always elements of people who who were just naive, and just were uninformed, and took whatever came out. From the main media or, or the government itself, at at, at 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 face value, as opposed to not, opposed to researching or investigating, because mm-hmm. I get to, you get that even today, people say, well, I didn't know that this is you know I always thought to. What the government said but i didn't know y'all was feeding all these these kids over here yeah. i didn't know y'all had these yeah, yeah. free health For clinics real. over here yeah, imagine you know? what you would have been able to do with youtube and yeah. video
2: like i mean mm-hmm. the fact you guys were circulating four hundred thousand papers yeah yeah imagine with yeah. like that, a no, youtube no, yeah, video yeah, or, yeah,
1: or something yeah. like that that's how we were able to count on a lot of stuff yeah. in many ways yeah because yeah, you had a, we had a broad reading audience yeah mm. mm-hmm. and we had solidarity you know we've had uh we had uh uh, Ex-Vietnam veterans and those draft resistors who went to Scandinavia and different parts of Europe, who were supportive of us. Used to sell a paper over there, yeah, in uh, all those locations, you know. And so it wasn't like we were isolated because we were invited to the first Pan-African Cultural Festival in Algeria in 1969. And that means you had people come from all over parts of the world yeah. who were there, who we were had the discussions and uh, shared information with brought in tons and tons of material to give to people during that particular time. Yeah. And we went, we were traveling. We had Panthers who were traveling to, to we went. We went to North Vietnam. We had delegation North Vietnam. Really? Yeah. During had, the war? Yeah. We had. We, I took oh. a delegation with uh, myself and other Panthers for twenty-one days to, Ch- to China, nineteen seventy-one, mainland uh, China. What was that like? They were invited us there and uh, to bring a delegation, a, a multicultural delegation. Yeah. How was that? That was great. I mean, they told us the history. I mean, you yeah before you go and if you think of it, how they demonized, they have you thinking these were people with devils with their horns? Yeah. They're human beings just like everybody else. Yeah. yeah. And so we were invited there, and we um, we had to we uh, first they tried to stop us in Canada, yeah, held us up for nineteen hours, and then we finally we got through, and then we missed our our plane, so we had to go to Japan for one day, then from Japan we went to Hong Hong Kong, where we was based at a uh, Chinese hotel for a week, where they took care of us until they processed everything, and but they told us best not go out, you just stay at the hotel. That we did that because it was you know it was a di- diverse delegate we had lawyers we had Panthers we had uh, black white brown Asian that we brought with us and so what happened is that um, after that week we had to go to the consulate uh, to the border area where you the British was controlling to get your passports and stuff and they were gritting their teeth and Mm. It, it was mad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
2: I remember, I remember you telling me that like even up until recently you've mm. had some funny shit happen with customs and oh, right, about yeah, yeah, right, yeah, 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 travel. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. I I wouldn't been in <laughs> customs. I remember the first time I came here. Yeah. You know, I had a little problem with customs. Oh, yeah. New Zealand customs are the worst uh, man. Yeah, oh. yeah, but I had it in the States too, when oh. I when I went to uh had to send my passport yeah. to LA to the consulate there, the New Zealand consulate to get it uh, approved. Mm. Stamp for the visas, mm. and uh, had done it two weeks in advance, and come down to the final three or four days, hadn't gotten it back, and so they wanted to know what's going on here, and they started trying to really stress and trying to find out what's going on, and told me to call, and I finally called and got through. Then they were telling me that no, no, maybe you didn't send it here, you might have sent it to Washington D.C. to our embassy. <laughs> <laughs> so
0: and yeah. So,
1: yeah, yeah, this is. When when and I so come. yeah, so what happened is that uh, it's lucky that I had. Sent it registered mail, so I went to the post office, and the post office was panicking because they didn't want to be responsible for it because I got these document showing that they they the ones who sent it, yeah. and so they went in the back, and they looked and they seen who the person who name who was on it who signed for it when it was there, and the time of the day that it got it, you know. So when they sent that information back, they said, "Oh, oh yes, yes, yeah, we got it," <laughs> <laughs> you know, sure. yeah, yeah. It's there. So, yeah. so it's, it might probably some element in there, not necessarily. Everybody yeah, yeah. was probably some element in it or just got thrown to the side. Yeah. You know what I'm so saying? So may- yeah. maybe
2: when we come visit the States, we won't put you down as our sponsor. We'll <laughs> <laughs> find, <laughs> yeah. find someone else. Yeah. Well, I can tell you the
1: first time we went to New Zealand, too. I mean to Australia, to Sydney Biennale. I mm-hmm. uh, was invited there. And they told us that when we got there that they go to the, each of the consulates of representatives from the countries to try to get funding for those folks to come in. Mm-hmm. They said they went to the American consulate And they took the list and the first thing, they say, you want these people to come here? <laughs> <laughs> you sure you want these folks to come <laughs> oh, man, man. <laughs> well,
0: One thing that's always struck me about the Panthers, um, mm-hmm. especially when we were watching the older documentaries and stuff, was how, like, everyone was quite amazing orators. A lot mm-hmm. of them were, yes. you know, like, not only being, like, super articulate, but being quite creative with the language.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes.
0: Where did that come from?
1: That was, that's the culture. That yeah. was the culture, and that was the flavor. And, that w- and it was inspired by Eldridge himself, who was a great orator Yeah, and the whole faculty. Then you look at back at Malcolm X, and you just look at Stokely Carmichael, and those who, some of those in the civil rights movement, like a Fannie Lou Hamer, all these folks who are great orators, great communicators, and so that's just a part of the uh, history, of of of, of the way uh, communications. Because it's it sort of, of like you know, like yeah. there's that one
0: video. It's like mm-hmm. Fred Hampton and yes. a couple other guys, and I think they're yeah. in a hotel room, and they're just yeah. answering questions. Yes, and it's quite kind of like. It's really political, but it's mm-hmm. quite tough as well. You know what yeah. I mean. And, and yeah. just really flowing, it's yeah. I could I could listen to that shit all day. <laughs> yeah. I love it, man. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's yeah. really missing. I think nowadays, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. like great speakers and people that engage mm-hmm. without sort of like, um, i do not prying on people's sympathies or whatever.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You had a lot of that. You still do, you know, young folks. But in the Panthers, it was uh, a part of the culture of the Panthers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, even on, from the top to the bottom, you had people could articulate it in, in, the, in the grassroots way and how they, and the way they even came out of the street. So they carried it on and be, were able to communicate in a political way. Yeah, the language uh, that they used to talk to each other in the street, now they keep, now they will use it in relationship to uh, relay a message uh, and communicate to others, yeah. Are we still talking about artists? Yeah,
2: just an amazing yeah. vocab. And yeah, well, I, like the when you watch black revolutionaries from that time, they like turn public speaking into an art form, eh? Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. all with individual styles mm-hmm. and nuanced styles, yeah. and it's, it's so incredible.
0: Mm-hmm. Like, like, I Is, kinda, it, is like, that one when Fred Hampton introduces, I think it's Huey Newton, mm-hmm. and then like in their ways of speaking, completely different, yeah, but yeah, yeah, like you say, Both but yeah. equally engaging. Yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah, I, I can't imagine seeing one of those men speak and not being, like, mm-hmm. incredibly inspired and mm-hmm. wanting to be a part of what they were
1: mm-hmm. offering. Yeah. Know. Did you guys have any engagement with the weathermen? Uh, Yeah, the weathermen were inspired. They were part of... Uh, we we knew them well, and they liked us, and I think the weathermen, some they of them... They quite up like you guys, eh? They did some... Crazy shit <laughs> went to, well, <laughs> well, you know, everybody had their own thing and what yeah. they wanted to do, but uh, they, were part of, they were part of the overall part of the process of change yeah. during that time. Yeah, I think it was, mm-hmm. was it a, a man was
2: killed in prison, was it, when and they blew up the police station? Like, they mm-hmm. were, I watched a docker on them, and they were starting to get, like, real hectic, like, at that time, and that's when they kind of split off because... Some people were like now we don't want to bomb buildings with people inside them, and so yeah, like that's right. Some of them Absolutely, were like, that was yeah, that, we <laughs> Yeah, that was never,
1: never uh, something that people wanted to do. Yeah, yeah.
2: yeah. the yeah. Panthers kind of distanced themselves from that, though, right?
1: Yeah. Oh yeah, um, we 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 couldn't tell others how to uh, how to respond, mm. but that wasn't what the Panthers would do. You know, yeah, yeah. we would never do anything that we felt that would turn the people against you. Yeah. And the people didn't yeah. d- identify with terrorism. you pretty yeah. satisfied to call the
2: police station, though. Oh, with mm-hmm. be- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, saw, I saw a mm-hmm. KFC burnt down in Australia the other day. And I was mm-hmm. like, oh man, I hope that wasn't an accident. <laughs> 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 it,
0: was oh, real, it was real satisfying mm-hmm.
2: to just see a KFC in mm-hmm. flames. Yeah.
0: Are you going to ask you a art question? What was that? Your revolutionary art question. Oh, right, yeah. I remember the one question you had bland. Yeah. Oh, uh, <laughs> as
2: per usual, all mm. my planning goes out the window. But I remember discussing with you once. Um, I forget who the panther was I saw saying it, but he was saying if your art's not revolutionary, it's counter-revolutionary. Mm-hmm. I remember discussing that with you, just wondering if mm-hmm. for the listeners you'd like to give your opinion oh, yeah, on yeah, that. Yeah, uh, it, it,
1: it, in the context of a historical statement, mm. it was relevant during the time, mm. but I wouldn't say that now, yeah. Yeah, but at that time, because we were pushing yeah, a, yeah. A, a very rigid and inflexible line in relationship yeah, to political yeah. art and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I think,
2: yeah, I guess now, like, my personal opinion on that is, like, if your art's not purposeful, it's mm-hmm. counter-revolutionary. Yeah, it's and a waste counter- of time. And like. then, yeah,
1: because the same art is not, it, 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 maybe, if it's for the if it's purposeful, purposeful mm. Mm. for the reactionary, and the, then it may not be purposeful for the, the for the relevant for the progressive. Yeah, yeah. And it may be the same art. Yeah, but, if it's same, right. but if it serves the interests of the, uh, the progressive mindset, or or even to the art, even to the point of being aesthetically beautiful and calming mm. and relaxing. In yeah. that way, it can have a, a it can be a plus. Yeah. For the, but if it's done for to pacify you, uh, and not to do anything else, then mm. that can be a negative. Yeah, no doubt. See? And it can be the same thing, same yeah. image. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Who it serves, how it serves. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I think that's. Yeah, it's something I always mm. try and hold on to with my mm-hmm. music is like that. I always want it to be for people like me mm-hmm. who you know, from the same sort mm-hmm. of, walk mm-hmm. of walk of life mm-hmm. as me. And if it ever became something other than that, then mm-hmm. I don't know what I'd be doing it
0: for. Mm-hmm. You know? mm-hmm. And I think as an artist, like, your life, you know, if you're not really engaging people and you're not trying to sort of, like, change things, even in, in some way, then it's kind of like it's a pretty... Um, Bourgeois life, you know what I mean? Just lazing around, doing fuck all really, you know what I mean? Smoking mm-hmm. weed on hammocks. and Yeah, you know, <laughs> so it's <laughs> like, um, I really think it's the responsibility of artists, you know, mm-hmm. and, it, and, and not, like you say, not necessarily, you don't have to like have slogans and be overtly political, mm-hmm. although there's nothing wrong with that, but mm-hmm.
1: you have to do something, I think. Yeah, you know? yeah know. If you don't do nothing but spit, you gotta do something. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Choice. What's our yeah. time like then? An hour. To wrap it up?
0: That's perfect. Um, I had one more question. Go. I can't remember what it was now, though. Because
2: Fuck of all those joints you smoke in the hammock. <laughs> it's a fucking arthritis medication, man. It's just yeah. like, oh,
0: yeah. it zones you out. Um, that's what it was. Do you do you sort of, like, with the way things are going politically at the moment, I mean, we touched on that briefly with um, Ferguson and stuff, but do you think that there's, do you hold much hope for, like, significant social change in the near future?
1: Well, it might get worse before it gets better. Yeah. Because you're dealing with the paramilitary mindset that's controlling governments all across the world, and particularly in the United States. You know, you got, now you have uh, them giving military equipment to local police departments. Yeah, I've seen that. You Mm -hmm. see, so you're talking about a whole other thing, dynamics. You got the uh, right ring and the extremists, both Democrats and Republicans, dictating policy within the uh, context of mainstream politics and stuff, what have you. So you got the uh, fascists and the this whole secret government, and it's, in many ways, is controlling and dictate, which is when you're talking about the secret government, you're talking about the uh, corporate interests. Yeah. You know. Mm-hmm. So you got all those dynamics you're dealing with today. So and now, if people can't make adjustments and begin to realize those things and deal with it, then it's going to get worse before it get better, you know, in, in regards to that. That's why you have Obama and them uh, prosecuting more whistleblowers and not prosecuting those who created the criminal,
2: yeah, the crime. Yeah, sure.
1: Putting them in a uh, position to, uh, to uh, same people who create crime, now putting them in position to solve the problem that they didn't create it, oh. you know. And the whistleblowers are going to jail. Fuck it, you know? it'd suck to be a whistleblower.
2: Like, you do this great thing for the rest of humanity, yeah. and, like, the yeah. large majority of them are like, oh, I don't care about yeah. my rights yeah. or my privacy. Yeah. Or,
1: then you got, the, <laughs> you got the perpetual war situation going on now. Yeah, yeah. You know? So if these things just become uh, mainstream and people accept them, then we we got some real issues going on. Yeah. If people say, oh, ain't that I got to do about this, you know? and don't challenge it then we going to have some real problems cuz the united states government is but over 50 about 63% is a, a military a government you know that's that's what it is you know yeah then you 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 got to look at the, the prison you got 2 million people who are incarcerated 25% of the uh 5% of the population of the world but 25% of those who are incarcerated con- incarcerated in the world is in the United States, and they continue to build these uh, these supermax prisons, you know, because there's that, profit
2: in it. That would be a good place yeah. for a revolution to start, eh? Yeah, oh, yeah. Prisons, yeah. The prison population Well, they builds, do. They're so. resisting.
1: They have um, resistance movements that are connected mm. to, the, to the movements across the country, you know, right now. You know, they just had a major big, uh, about six months to a year ago, they had a big strikes within the prisons that people were supporting helped them get some of the demands. They weren't asking to get out because they said if they did the time crime would do the time. Mm. You know, but they didn't want you to be treated like human beings, not yeah, tortured yeah. and those kinds of things. House, yeah. So you got those those kinds of things that exist that that has to be dealt with. Mm. You know. So it's a different kinds of so, movement. You got the immigration movement, you know, in the United States, where they mm-hmm. give you the illusion that they're something is they're doing something about it when in reality you still got still kicking indoors uh, uh sending people shipping people back uh out of the country you know what I mean they can't get jobs all those things profile so you, you got those dynamics you know then what I've just mentioned uh the uh, hundred people just killed in one month in March mm. by the police so you, you got you got a whole dynamics that's there of mm. uh, that's going to bring people together and make them realize who, you know, where there was these diff, real p- differences between different elements and stuff are now trying to work together in a, in a, in a way to mm. move forward. So, yeah, yeah. I guess at,
2: always something's got to give at some point, mm-hmm. and it's just mm-hmm. when.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I guess when people realize that their various privileges don't really protect them. From the people in power you know mm-hmm. like it doesn't really make much difference you might have this little bit of privilege but yeah. really it's like you're on the same fucking boat yeah. i got it yeah. i got a lot at the moment you like got a lot priv- of privilege yeah mm-hmm.
2: i'm staying in this mm-hmm. rich person isn't it crazy so. how
0: different it is mm. oh, like it's mm-hmm. like not oh, okay. even being in the
2: same world. No, like, it's a mm-hmm. different world. And but the best thing is, though, is being there mm-hmm. and thinking about how hard I've worked for, like, the last 20 years yeah, to yeah. enjoy this, and yeah. I'm just there, like, yeah. drinking a beer in the yeah. pool and like, <laughs> I ain't done <laughs> shit. <a> lazy <laughs> fucking criminal. <laughs> yeah. 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 Just having my <laughs> yeah. loser loser artist yeah. friends over. And mm-hmm. Yeah, That's mm-hmm. really
1: well, good. Well, we used to say, also, we used to say we, we didn't care for a person if they were uh, Brooks brother's suit or they lived up on the hill. It was what the politics was. Mm. Who they were, who they served. What yeah. their interest
2: was. You know? Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Yeah, yeah. I've been recently mm-hmm. been enlightened to like um, people from wealthy backgrounds that I really like. Mm-hmm. I used to always think that I hated yeah, every, person fra- every person for every person. I've met yeah. some really good people. That's real ignorant of me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, um, I feel ashamed
0: now. eh? Yeah, for a little
2: <laughs> so to our to our wealthy listeners, we love you too.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um, I guess to wrap it up is we. Is there, um. If you wanted to find out more about the history of the black panthers, what would you recommend them? Like, are there certain documentaries or sites to go to? Well, you can go
1: on YouTube and you find a lot. You you got one that uh, I think just kind of gives you insight of this, uh, of its foundation. Is go to YouTube and look at the uh, the home of the panthers, uh, which is about uh, when they started at, at a university called Merritt College, a junior college. You got many interviews in that. Uh, the talks where you hear get a real historical background on on the panthers Uh, um you got some films all kinds of films and documentaries but there's a lot of stuff on youtube uh, that she can read about, uh, see. Yeah, I mean, Murder of Fred Hampton is a good one. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah, that is that's, yeah. that's crazy. But the, the that's new documentary, that this PBS documentary. That's that's the, the one coming out this year. Yeah, yeah yeah. I'm and, and, about that. yeah, yeah, yeah. And they got all the young activist organizations, uh, mm. the, uh, civil rights organizations who are supporting it. You know, you got Black Lives Matter also supporting it. Yeah, yeah, all that. So it's, it's and they are showing it to those young folks yeah. and their interest in the. What they're interested in is the organizing ability of the Black Panther Party. Yeah. How do we go about doing, setting up these structures yeah. and all these things, you know. Yeah. So, awesome. So those, yeah, uh, uh, the, uh, the, what did I say, the, the vanguard of the revolution. That's yeah. The, and I then there's some, some on, that's been on MTV that we've done. Yeah, I don't know how you, you can look on there. TV uh, uh, TV One, I think, is also another television station that's done some. Must you be know, on the internet yeah. somewhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, there, yeah, there's a lot out there,
2: and
0: yeah. I think particularly that one coming out this year looks amazing. Mm-hmm. The um, middle of is really good as well and yeah, I think mm-hmm. especially what we're talking about with the orators and the great speaking mm-hmm. it's got yeah. a lot of that yeah. because yeah. it's all just old
2: footage yeah. Yeah. I think Dom and I can attest to the worthwhileness of doing a little
1: research mm-hmm. on the Panthers yeah no, that was cool man it's mm-hmm. good to get into research uh, yeah, you and, 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 in. and you got yeah. the international you got the Polynesian Panthers yeah yeah, yeah. yeah you got the documentary that shows the link between us and them mm. because uh, the uh, Will Iriola's, uh niece came to the Bay Area with film crew and we Took them up to the archivists for actually looking at a Panther newspaper, where they had sent in stuff about their oh, social yeah, programs. Yeah. The shows the link, actual link, you know. Yeah, and I'd love to see an actual copy of the paper. Yeah, yeah So yeah. that one day.
2: Yeah. Um. Should we wrap it up? Yeah. Hey, thank you so much. It's yeah. It's thank you. It's a pleasure. Yeah, honor. Thanks very much, Emery. Frank, oh, and um, yeah. Hopefully, we'll see you soon. For sure. Okay. No doubt.